This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. I'm Bruce Gold with Mel Driscoll and guests. And we've got a very special guest coming up this afternoon. We'll have more on that very, very shortly. Yeah, he is a special New Zealander and we'll talk about him very, very shortly. Plus much, much more between now and 2 o'clock here at Free FM 89.0. Time to get into some Christmas music. FM 89.0 Independent Community Media with the Ronettes. Yes, it's got Phil Spector's fingerprints all over the wall of sound. 
and from the 60s and the crystals also on this christmas album too at 16 minutes to one yes sleigh ride those are the ronettes well back to the songs banned by rnz and of course um, the nzbc and the big list little richard has two um claims to fame in the, in the bad book and the non-playing list and this was one of them I, I just really don't know why the nzbc banned this song from little richard but i do understand the other little richard song we may fit in a little later for you but here is the late little richard gonna tell and mary about uncle john he claimed he has a music but he had a lot of fun oh baby yeah baby
That was uh, the song with um, the original lyrics weren't broadcastable, I can tell you that. And Little Richard got banned for that particular song back in the 50s. Maybe it was his act, because he was, at the time, extremely gay, and he had conflicts being gay, and he turned to religion later in life. A song banned by, of course, the NZBC and Radio New Zealand. Good afternoon, Mel. Good afternoon, and to John Hanlon. That'll bring back memories to you, no doubt, John. You're a musician. And yeah, you I can remember look getting back... banned by the NZBC. I was their favourite guy to ban. Yep, it was due to a song that featured the line, Randy Schoolboy. Actually, I got, I, uh, they also tried to ban Damn the Dam. Mm-hmm. And they did ban, although they, it, it, it's not on the official list. Um, a song called Crazy Woman, also for lyrical content. And, you, and that you, line you, was <laughs> you, you fell out with the NZPC big time. You also no, fell out. Yeah, yeah, I fell out with the institution, but not necessarily the people within it. You, you also, I mean? you, you also fell out with Pi Records. Well, no, that Pi Records just closed, and I just fell out with them because they had my contract. And they, um, uh, you know, I was signed originally by a fellow called Tim Murdoch who went yep. to Warner's, and then I was with Pi, and without telling anybody, they suddenly announced they were closing down. So and I was, you know, releasing my fourth album. And, yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm taking notes from Stranded in Paradise, and you're featured in a photo on it, next door to uh, Sharon O'Neill. You've got yeah. the look of Cat Stevens. You've been. I actually got, I've got, pretty much got that same look now after lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> You've got the look of James Taylor. You were compared to James Taylor. Uh, you're also compared to other artists. But right now, John, in 2021, you are looking at your health at the moment. You've had a failed kidney operation. Uh, yeah, I had a, you know, I had a, um, I had a hereditary kidney disease. So it was like a train that I, you know, train coming down the track that I knew was coming, but I didn't realise the impact that it would have, and it was pretty significant. Yeah. Mel, ask a question. John, you've yeah. collected three successive New Zealand Album of the Year awards and also Songwriter of the Year awards. When did yeah, you? I won Songwriter of the Year three times in a row as well, and two after Silver Scrolls in a row. Uh, yeah, you... so yeah, it was pretty. Actually, you know, it's funny you should mention that because I've been watching the uh, all the news about the the the, the new. Um, uh, what do you call them, inductees into the Music Hall of Fame and, and the Cats Away, good, good on them. Uh, when the, while the Cats Away have just been uh, um, inducted and people are saying it's well overdue. And I'm thinking, yeah. I guess they're going to give me mine posthumously. <laughs> I, I, I hope not because you were the sound of the 70s because in 1970 we had bands like Hogsnord Rupert, etc, etc. Yep. They brought the... They brought a family flavour to music in those times, but as I said, Auntie intervened on sometime. Hey, just a little bit of history. Here's a song you you know well. It's called Apple Wine, which is quite innocent, isn't it? Yeah, it's completely innocent. It was, it was, uh, you know, I, I, you know, there's no such thing as a John Hanlon song. So basically, I write in various genres, and I never attempted to write anything like a country song so one day I did <laughs> and my experience of the country used to be the jobs I took as a schoolboy picking up hay or you know um, picking tobacco all the things that you did in the school holidays so 
this was inspired by me just, you know, remembering my days uh, picking up hay, <laughs> but believe it or not. Yeah, you've got an in- interesting DNA. Uh, you, you, uh, t- tell us, tell us in your own words, what what's in your DNA? Well, essentially, I'm I'm, I'm half Chinese, and the other half, uh, but that Chinese is what they call straight born Chinese. Yep. In other words, my mother was born in Malaya, well, well now what's known as Malaysia, and so was I actually. And um, and Dad was a uh, he was the one with the really you know eclectic mix. He had Swedish, Scottish, and Irish. <laughs> and so, interesting. Our, our real names Huglund. It's not even Hanlon. Oh. Um, who changed it? Jan Huglund. Who? who was a Swedish who, merchant through a seaman. Who, who changed your name? Uh, the family did because yeah, Jan Huglund eventually went back to sea after impregnating my great-grandmother <laughs> about 9,000 times. And uh, I, I don't think he came back and the rest of the family closed ranks and they changed the Swedish name into, a, into an Irish name because, mm-hmm. you know, they were the, she was the Smythe and that was an Irish name. So, and that Hanlon is an Irish man. But that went on a lot in those days. A lot of people anglicised their names, it was called. John, looking back at the 70s, best part of your life, was it? No, I've had a pretty good life for all the way through. That, um, you know, as you know, anybody who's listened to me do interviews or read anything about me, my pop career, as we'll call it, my mercurial pop career, was all, all a complete accident. You know, my desire was to be a songwriter. Oh, actually, my real desire was to be an artist, but I discovered I was a fairly mediocre artist. <laughs> and um, so my real desire was just to write songs, and I was hoping that other people would record my songs. But And this was to happen all my life, by the way. I, you know, I, every time I tried to flog songs, people would say, well, why don't you release them yourself? Yep. You know, you, yep. and and when I actually had my my career if we can call it that it was founded on the fact that uh, I was given a four album contract because to be frank my first album sold to my mother and about four of her friends um, <laughs> and it was only to my second album Garden yeah. Fresh that really you, kicked on you, have an, you had an association with the late Steve Gilpin yes we uh, Mike Harvey and I wrote um, was, I've only ever written songs with one other person that was Mike Harvey and I written about three songs three or four songs with him Maybe more, actually, because we wrote some for a film. And um, Steve sung, yes, he sung the song Knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was a really lovely man. I mean, I, I don't know how many people knew him, but he was just, a, he, he could sing. And a lot of those guys could sing far better than I could ever sing. Um, uh, but he was just a nice fellow. Of course, Damn the Dam was for the protest at Manapuri, which, of course, we all know is still still going to this day. Were you against the Manapuri yourself, or was it just just a job? No, it, was, it, was, it wasn't even that. It was uh, I, I was still working in advertising. I still had a day job, and uh, I was uh, one of the clients came to me and knew that I was, you know, I was already environmentally stirring, if we can call that call it that. And he said, he, t- he convinced me, it was a, he was a friend actually, and he convinced me that one of the things New Zealand could do to, to save energy was to get all new homes insulated because we were just all leaking, you know, heat out of the houses. Now, he worked for a company called New Zealand Fiberglass that was in the business of insuring. So I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll write an ad. He said, I need it to be outrageous. I need it to get people thinking. And I said, well, 
Okay, so I wrote a two-minute radio ad, and I think in the middle of it we say, you know, this has been brought to you by New Zealand Fiberglass, but there was no, there was no big sell in that thing. It was just a song. So I wrote the ad, and everybody loved it so much. They said, well, you should make that into a single. And to be honest, and I was the same with Lovely Lady, which went to number one. I thought it was a really terrible idea. But nah, that's not a good idea. That'll never be a single. Who the hell's going to listen to some, you know, hippie singing about the forest? Um, as it turned out, they did. And, and so we released the song because um, we, we had gone to the MCPC and they said, there's no way. Because remember, the, in those days, that was radio. That's all there was. There was the NZBC and Hauraki was just about to sail out to sea and May did play the Randy Schoolboy song. Yeah, but yeah. if you couldn't get it on radio, you know, what it was in the NZBC, then you weren't going to get it on anywhere. So we, they, my record company, actually, not me, went to see them and they said, look, we're, we want you to change the title of the song. We can't have Damn. In, uh, without the song, you have to change the lyrics. <laughs> that created chaos. Um, and it was, you know, I was going through this all the time. But in the end, they agreed that they, if the song was a if the song was a hit first, then they wouldn't ban it. But if it was an ad first, then they, then they would ban it anyway, regardless. Because they wouldn't play it. Why, why, so why, it was released as a single. Yeah, why I caught up with this because recently I was listening to uh, Music One Hundred and One on RNZ National, and they recently discovered a book of banned songs. So that's right. So uh, you had a chat to Charlotte Ryan, did you? No, I didn't talk to anybody about it. But the um, I actually made the comments to my Facebook page, and I actually have heard from a guy, from a guy called Nick Bollinger who says there's no record of my song Crazy Woman being banned. <laughs> and I said, well, I don't know if there's a record or not, but I can tell you the entire meeting. I was called down to apologize because when it was banned, um, I remember I was 23, 24 years old or something, quite fiery. And when it was banned, and this was my third song, which I'm having trouble with, and this time I thought it was completely ludicrous because the line was, she offered a service to a Catholic priest who blushed and turned away. And it was a true story. <laughs> it was actually something that happened, oh. and so I'd written about it. And, 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 and of course, Radio Haraki at the time lapped it up, and uh, they kept playing the songs that um, Auntie banned. Yeah, well, they played, by then, I mean, Radio Haraki put on a suit and coat when they got, finally got their license and came onto land. You know, they they put a pull their head in. Um, I remember being called into this. Um, well, actually, my manager called me and said, "We've got to come down because I don't remember who I said it to." But obviously, when the media got news of the fact that I'd had a, another song band, they got a hold of me. You know, they, you know, they like they're mischievous, and of course, I let loose. <laughs> but I don't remember who I let loose to. Anyway, I was called down to the NZBC. I was literally like a boy being called before the headmaster, and I was. I was had to go into a room with a whole bunch of people who demanded somebody had the newspaper clipping or whatever it was, and I was asked for an apology for saying this, and I, I refused. I absolutely refused. It was, I remember standing out in Durham Lane in uh, Auckland, and my manager saying, "Well, that's the end of it. You're, you're going to have trouble with every bloody single you do from this point on." <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, then, then another one of your songs was featured in the documentary Off the Edge. Of course, it was Higher Trails. I, I thought I had a version. I thought I had Higher Trails in my collection when I was going through the collection today, but unfortunately, we we I couldn't find it. But yeah, that was one of. Um, it also should, become uh, a popular you should, song. You should give me some. You should email me. You should email me your address, and I'll send you my latest album, Naked Truths. And I'll also send you a thing called After the Dam Broke, yeah. which is two CDs, which has work recorded before 1980 
including some unreleased tracks because you can only yep. get so much on time. I will, I will leave that to my colleague, Mr. Driscoll, to, to do that well, for me. If he does that, then you'll have this stuff. Yeah. Um, maybe you can also send it to here to uh, Free FM. Maybe you might get a bit of airplay on here on Free FM. Free FM, okay. I'll, I'll uh, look at that. Mm-hmm. Of course, and then you dropped a bombshell. You disappeared off the face of the earth. Yeah, it wasn't exactly a bombshell. It, it, there was two reasons for it. It had to be there at the time. First, I, I told you I was an accidental yes. pop star. And I'd segued from being a songwriter who could wander around and play to people and play new songs. And I was sort of, I was a bit like a unicorn in those days. You know, there were songwriters, but there were people in bands. But I was an actual declared singer-songwriter, you know, just slightly before um, uh, Shona. Yep. And, and, um, um, you know, Dave Dobbin was there, but, you know, Dave, they they were youngsters, you know, they were helping... You know, they were singing on work that we were doing and doing backing vocals. And, you know, I, I knew Dave was a great young singer. I had no idea that he was going to turn into one of the greatest songwriters in the country's yeah. ever been. But um, uh, so when I walked away, it was the fact that I was... I, I, I'd, look, the, the best way I can describe it to you is this. Imagine going to a dinner party four times a week. Three, make it three <laughs> yeah. times a week. But you've got to tell the same eight jokes every night. Right on those three nights. Now try that for a week. Now try it for a month. Now try it for a year. And I was bored out of my mind because I lost my audience who came to hear the songwriter, and I, my new audience for whom I'm grateful, came to hear one or two songs. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going through a stranded in paradise in the mid seventies. You talk about Shona Lang, nineteen oh five through until Glad I'm Not a Kennedy, Sharon O'Neill. I'm looking at Alistair Riddell from Space Waltz. Yep. Our very young Mark Williams. Yeah, now there's a singer. <laughs> I'm looking also looking at uh, HMV's house band Rocking Horse. Yep, and like, they were all lovely guys. These, these were all nice people. Yeah. And I'm also looking at Bruno Lawrence. You must have run into Bruno Lawrence in your pain. You know what? I never did. Now, I, and there are many people that I've never run into uh, that I know of. Um, Mitch Marston's another one. Mm. You know, I, I never met Mitch. And I always admired, admired him from afar. So these people existed. The same with Corbin Simpson. I yeah. admired you know, his work with Blurter and Bruno. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never actually met him. Well, I hear from him sometimes on Facebook. We're sort of like old friends, but we yeah. never really ever met. Because you, when you're on the road, you're traveling. The only time you ever get together is you know, sound shell time in the summer when yeah. you all rock up at the same venue. Yeah. Um, with, with your Cat Stevens look... Um, were you were you never invited to join Blurter because you would have fitted in with Blurter, wouldn't you? Pro- probably. I, I mean, I was I, because I wasn't an entertainer and I wasn't, you know, um, in, in that sort of thing. I wasn't in showbiz. I I never really was, you know. I mean, even that stranded in paradise, if I recall reading this, they said something in there like the world got tired of his jingle jangle. Sounds and he just faded away into nothing. I mean, it's just not true. No, no, you, 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 you're still with us. You've, you've, uh, you. <laughs> but, I, but, but the thing is, I made the decision. Nobody else made the decision. It was a timely decision because you think about it. At that time, unbeknownst to us, two sorts of music hit like sledgehammers on the scene. Mm. Uh, One uh, yep. was disco, and the other was new wave or punk. Right. The only thing they had in common was they would both, you could dance to them, if you could call punk dancing, dancing, because I don't know what the hell that was. <laughs> but, um, but um, and you know, from, from where I sat, one looked incredibly manufactured and the other 
looked amateurish to be perfectly frank and then it got better and better with some of the English bands but um, uh, I had decided to move out of the business so I, I kind of dodged a bullet because singer-songwriters around the world went to ground for a few years then because they became passe and um, I, I, you may know that I've been out of the country for quite some time. When I came back to New Zealand, what was very apparent to me is nobody knew who the hell I was, and there was no record of my record. So you couldn't even find yeah. me on a list. If you look under New Zealand songwriters, I'm not on any list of New Zealand songwriters. I find that incredible with, when you, you're opening remarks, which listed what I did, and yet I'm not on a list of... Because a whole wave of, um, we'll call them experts, arrived in the 80s, and they basically dismissed anything that happened before 1980. So me and a whole bunch of other people got sort of cast aside or forgotten. Is, is there a chance to, say, get together with people like Shona Lang and Mark Williams and do a, do a kind of nostalgia tour? Um, I've, soon- been, I've been offered that many times. That, well, not so much, not recently, obviously, but in the past. But no, yeah, they might have wanted to do it. I never wanted to do it. I, I have no... Um, you know, I, I, if I if I do a concert, you can guarantee that I'll I'll um, I'll do you know Higher Trails and yep. Damn the Dam, a couple of others that were were hits um, uh, in some form or another. For instance, Higher Trails will most definitely have to be Lower Trails because I cannot reach those notes anymore. Oh, but um, but um, I, I look at the production in those days. I look at Lovely Lady, the end of Lovely Lady. You you kind of dubbing voice after voice uh, who did that that was i wrote it like that yep you know so and then because uh, when we first started recording we were recording on four track recording yep. my first album floating but by the time we got to say garden fresh we had more tracks to work with you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and and it was before we sort of got to what we're in now the jurassic park age where you can use so many things <laughs> that, you know you know, you, yeah. should you use them, but we do. Um, so uh, uh, it was very possible to lay our songs. So I actually yeah. wrote, I wrote other parts for me to sing. So that's, you know, and it, and it was it was unique. But by the way, that, that song was never meant to be released. I actually, um, there was a program called Studio One, which yes. was, was a song. Yes, I've, I've seen the videos. If you go to YouTube, it's it's all there. Okay, well, I was asked to go into enter that, so I entered Lovely Lady, and I didn't get in. The following year, my record company was adamant that I should go on this program, because there was only one TV station in those days. <laughs> so if you could get on this program, everybody would watch it on a Sunday night, right? So, you know, I mischievously entered the same bloody song without telling them. I just said, oh, okay, I will, and without and then bugger me the next year. <laughs> not only did it get in, but it got all the way to the final. Uh, did, did you come up against the late Phil Warren? Yeah, I didn't really come up against him, though. I mean, I never had a battle with Phil. I mean, Phil was just, you know, Phil was Phil. He was, there was a number of those guys. So the, the person I came up against most was uh, was basically the, the emperor of TV, music TV, a man called Kevin Moore. Yep. And, and, and he didn't like me at all, and the feeling was pretty mutual, to be quite honest. Um, he considered me to be arrogant, and my arrogance was born out of the fact that I'm 24 years of age. I don't need anybody to tell me what to do, you know. And his and he was dictatorial. And yep. I can remember with great clarity. I won't name her, but one of the girls from the dancing troupe of um, that he, he used came up to me backstage. She was a she was a girlfriend of somebody I knew. So she was, and she said, "Look, John, 
I've got come to tell you that you're just dead on TV. Kevin Moore has told us you will never, ever, ever be on television and, and, uh, as long as his bum boys towards the ground. And you know what? She was right. Oh, and, and, and of course, you've... Um Another association with Cat Stevens is, of course, Suzanne Lynch, her former husband has been reassociated with you too. Yeah, he, I've been I've been working with him for ages. He's still working with Cat Stevens. See, the, the Cat Stevens thing is this, this is what happens to every artist, by the way. I was making music, and Cat Stevens had been making music before me. Um, you know, he's just slightly old, old age, but he was making them in a. Um, in a country where he was going to get, you know, proper record contracts. We were at the end of the world. Nobody gave a shit, oh, you know, what New Zealanders were doing. Who cared what New yeah. Zealanders were doing? Okay, 2020. I, I, so, sorry, carry on. Oh, so, you know, it subsequently, uh, particularly after the Higher Trails album, which is, um, uh, which, um, you know, is, is, whilst it's not in the, in the best, yeah, not listed in, in any list of New Zealand albums you should have um, the, uh, it, it got it, it got international attention and when you said I had a problem with Pi Records Pi Records refused to bloody deal with these country companies mm -hmm. because they wanted a bigger percentage than the people were offering and I used to stand in the offices and say listen you know 1% of something is better than 100% of bugger all you know so yeah. I um, uh, and that's where our, our problems became because the People who were then running the record company were not record people. They were accountants who were brought in to sort of wind the thing up. That was what my battle was. My yeah. battle, it, it was reported as me battling with the record company and being arrogant. But what it was was one of us in the room was a smart businessman and the other wasn't. It was that really that simple. Well, in, any time we play one of your songs like this afternoon, do you get any residuals? What do you get these days when a radio oh, no, station... No, look, you, you, you don't... These days, so I'm seeing it now with my new album, Naked Truth, which is getting, people are loving it, and it's being streamed, but the reality is we're in the world of streams, you know, so if your song gets streamed a thousand times, you might earn five cents, so yep. you do it. And, and, and of course, you're living at Murawai. What's it, right. Is it a windy day at Murawai? It's always, it's always a windy day at Murawai. I've actually bought a, an umbrella for an outside table, because my wife's been away, she's yeah. actually in MIQ now. And I thought I'll have I'll have this nice yeah. little table. I can't get so, the so, so, up. So, so she she hasn't proved positive for COVID nineteen. She just come no, home. She, and no, she hasn't. But she was somebody. She was in, apparently somebody she was in the bus with because they she, she she they had to take her down to Wellington because there's so many people in Auckland. You know the, the, the Australians are as you know are. Um, they're bringing, we're, we're getting all these deportees coming in here, and they, you know, they're all basically gangsters who don't know anybody here, so they're only business. Yep, the, 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 the 501s, yeah, that's uh, common cheeros. We've got gang issues here in, here in uh, Waikato, actually, so... Um, yeah, yeah, well, that battle going on between, yeah, it'd be nice to think, well, you know, let the thugs eliminate each other, but unfortunately other people are getting in the way now. <laughs> and, uh, and so... Um, you know, well, I can't, this is, it is such a big subject. You know? Your kidney is... They need better heroes. Yep. The heroes are gang members, and then, you know, then we failed as a society. Your key, your key issues with your kidney, are you back on the list for another kidney? I've, no, I've got one. Oh, you got a new one? Yeah. How's it working? Think, you, um, you should go to my website and read um, the, I wrote a blog, I write blogs all the time, but one's called A Stranger Saved My Life. 
and it's about this, it's about the whole business of deceased donors. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, deceased donors save the lives of lots of people. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my condition was hereditary. It's not self-inflicted. And I think a lot of people think that everybody has got a renal diseases because they got diabetes or they're terribly obese and therefore they brought it upon themselves and too bad. But there's an enormous amount of people who have, um, you know, it's hereditary. There's nothing you can do. It's in your genes. You're going to get it. Yeah. So, 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 John, later in the day, you'll probably sit down with a glass of wine. No, I've never been a big drinker. So, in fact, I had my first beer. Mate came around the other day, and I opened up the beer. It's the first beer I've had since my wife left nearly three months ago. I you, know that sounds boring. You know, no, hey, I it's, think that's it's one it, of the reasons I'm not known as a. Well, I'm not really known in New Zealand. Somebody said to me, "How come everybody forgot you?" And I said, two things, mate. One, um, they nobody sings my songs at the rugby." <laughs> you know, they're not and two, I've never had a drug problem. I've never been in the police. It seems that anybody they ever write about has to have been down to hell and back, self-inflicted, and then you become an interesting artist. Oh, but you know, uh, but you, you're 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 part of the the seventies, as I said. Mark Williams still had, we had still had Craig Scott and other people who are, are still around on the traps doing other jobs at the moment. And you'd be interested to know that um, Tim Finn and is it Eddie Rain have got together to record an album together? I saw it in the paper this yeah, morning. That's right. They, they're doing it. They've got a group called Forensics, and it's being handled by Phil Mortlock on Australia. Mm. Um, yeah, Tim, you know, Tim, 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 anybody called Finn is, is sort of <laughs> they're uh, they're they're what we call them. They're they're, they're at the they're in the upper echelon. Their recognition because they've been working at it for years. Yeah. Yet I have clear recognition of, of, of memories, and anybody who was around me at the time will remember that. I I would do my because we had the same management, yeah. and the, my manager would say, "Could you do a concert in Tongarain? Could you get let hands open for you? Because you can drag a big crowd, and they can't get two two and a, you know they can't get two and a half people to it." But I was smart enough to say, "Yeah, I'd love to do it because I was a huge Spadans fan." Um, but I'm not going to believe. <laughs> We're going to let them open for me because if they open for me, nobody's going to be interested in anything I do when they come onto stage because they were so good. And, and I, to be absolutely honest, I never really got on with um, what he was then called Brian Finn. Of, of course, in in recent years, we've lost the we've lost the likes of Max Cryer and of course uh, an old friend of yours, Ray Columbus. No, you got that wrong. Ray was Ray was Ray. You know, Ray was the great Ray. Ray was self, uh, the greatest self-promoter of all time. You know, I, I, Ray was a character, and you can't believe that, but the band built an entire career on the strength of two bloody songs, two with Kiss and She's a Mott. And, 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 and a stir on the back of that. And, and of course, oh, Max Cryer Max died Cryer. recently. Max Cryer was a great friend of mine and a great supporter of mine. Uh, and, and, I, and the story should be told, you know. When I couldn't get on television, let me tell you who put me on television. Max Cryer. Max Cryer and David McPhail. Brilliant stuff. Well, we're going to play. We're going to go out with Lovely Lady. It's a pleasure talking to you. You sound healthy. And I hope yeah. one of these days you can come here and visit us here in Kirikiriroa here in Hamilton, come from the beach and come to Kirikiriroa. Okay. Well, what I'll do is I'll find out where this free thing is to make sure you guys have the... So I think you need to hear what I've been up to because yep. Uh, yep. I did, I've done a hell of a lot since yep. then. Well, yep, no, send it through to Free FM. We're, we've got a website and uh, all the details are there, so I think you'll be busy, a little busy this afternoon as you sit by the beach. <laughs> no, I've done, 
I'm not going to the beach. You know what I'm doing? What? You probably heard the alarm. I'm in the process of making sourdough, and I've got to go and give it a little pop. Oh, oh we, be, we better that you get to the oven. Okay, Cheer, cheers, John. Bye-bye. Bye. Br- Mel, brilliant, brilliant guy. I'll say. Yes, he... John casts aspersions on the quality, the character of the people coming across the Tasman. He himself uh, crossed the Tasman, but that goes back in the mid-1960... No, 1973, he went to find his fortune in Sydney. And he's just reminisced on people like Max Cryer and others. Yeah, we, we miss these guys. OK, as promised for John Hanlon... some fun and to get you on lonely lady on my right there sits an evil man I've often wondered if he does it or unto a plan anyway girl could I say I'll do the best I
Oh, going back to my boyhood there, Mel, with lovely lady, because I was just out of school when John Hannon turned up on the charts with uh, such of those songs. Yes, young teenage boy. It's 19 minutes in Cambridge, 19 minutes past uh, 1 o'clock. We have got 108 new cases of COVID in the past 24 hours, and at the border we have got... 53, 6,264 in the community. Under investigation is none. So 108 cases of COVID-19 in the past 24 hours. We'll try and get you a breakdown. And, um... Good. Okay. Well, you heard the dulcet tones of Mr Driscoll. Who's coming up next, Mel? Well, he was born to a family who have farmed 80-odd years in Waikato. They set up Karapiro charters and tours and began buying buses. That's you, David Roigard. Hello, David. Hello, how are you? I am well. It's good to hear there's some news coming great out of my old home territory because I used to live not far from Lake Karapiro, so um, it's it's good to hear that... Uh, your company's still going well? Well, it's going. I wouldn't say it's going well. Um, it's been quite difficult the last last sort of 12 months, I guess. Um, but yeah, we're hanging in there. It's a time when you would expect to have the cruise passengers come to the rescue for the summer. But yeah, yeah, we used to do a lot of, out of the mount. Um, you know, we'd pick them up and take them to, to Rotorua pretty much for a nine or ten hour day. Um, where obviously there's none of that going on. Um, we're quite lucky. We, we uh, focused on the domestic market, really, uh, which is schools and um, just all sort of charters. Um, so that came back after the March lockdown. That, that actually came back um, quite quickly, which was good. Um, but this one's hurt because it's sort of gone on and on and there's been a lot of... We had a lot of jobs cancelled and then rebooked and then cancelled again and then in the end everybody's pretty much had enough of it and they've just cancelled um, work functions and stuff like that. There's not a lot of, not a lot of that going on this summer. Um, normally we're flat out now uh, with work dues and stuff, but um, well, a lot of businesses it's a, it's a luxury to have a Christmas function, isn't it? So, yep. David, sort of yeah. David, it was rumoured that one of the original cases of COVID-19 and this latest strain um, originated out of Karapira. Did you hear those rumours too? Yeah, we heard it. Um, I don't know, everybody in the district, there was obviously a bit of stuff going on, but I, I don't know. You, you just don't know. No one ever sort of picked up on who it was or what it was. Your enterprise now owns eight buses. They are expensive to own and to maintain. And to keep yeah, they on the... are. Um, they are, yes. But the um, bit different to farming. Like farming, your asset grows. You know, um, where buses the day you buy it, it starts getting worn out, doesn't it? So you've got to replace it. And I guess that's our quickest way of getting through this time where we haven't done anything for months. Is there won't be any new coach this year. You know, it'll be well next year probably. We'll just hang on to the ones we've got. And, I've, I've, I've seen your buses on the on the road. I've also seen buses uh, with your competitor Cambridge Travel Lines, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, yep. So, yep. So, two bus companies, and they're trying to get the same audience and the same passenger list. Yeah, I guess we do. We don't do any school runs. 
Um, Travel Lines do quite a lot of school runs, so that's every day sort of stuff, where we do the charter stuff. So we do a lot of school camps and long-haul stuff. Um, I don't know. We don't seem to cross paths. Don't Yeah. yeah. Would you normally be driving enough, yourself? You know, the Waikato, we're lucky with the Waikato, you know. It's quite where we're based at Karapura. We do a lot out of the South Waikato as well. So mm. you're not just dealing with one town. Yeah. And, you know, we move into into Hamilton and everywhere, really. Yeah, yeah. one of those events at Kotopira was the Wakarama. That's been cancelled? Yes, yes, it has, um, along with a lot of other stuff. Like, stuff that... In, and when we have it here at Karapira, it doesn't really affect us too much because we're already here, so we don't... We might get the odd group where they'll get us to go go to Auckland, pick them up and bring them to that and take them back. Or we'll do a little bit, occasionally we might do a day trip from here. But um, for us, we're better off to have an event in, say, Gisborne or Napier or Tauranga, and we'd take the you know, groups from here to there, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen your buses carrying around uh, the young people after a school ball around the town yep, of Hamilton. Yep. Correct. Yep, that's right. Where none of that happened this year, you know, it was all sort of... And, and I have a lot to do with rugby, so first 15, I drive St Peter's first 15, so that season was cut short. Um, You're not the only one yeah. of your family having to do with rugby? Your, no. Your no, son? Yes, my son plays for, uh, he left school and went to counties, got a contract with counties, and then he got picked up last year by the Hurricanes, and he's got a two-year contract with the Hurricanes. Ken Norigard. Um, yeah. A family so, yeah. with 80 years of farming behind you in the Waikato must be so well known. What's the attraction yeah, of the Waikato? Uh, what's that, sorry? What's the attraction? What's kept the family here? Kept them here? I don't know. None of, none of us have moved far. I guess my, my grandfather bought the farm. Um, and then Dad and his brother had one farm each. And then I came along and worked for, for both of them. And uh, and then she milked for dad and then sort of took over the farm. About 20 years ago, I diversified into buses. What brought uh, that farm on, wasn't, David? Uh, farm wasn't big enough. You know, the times were changing. Farm wasn't big enough. Um, we used to milk like 150 cows, but that just doesn't cut it nowadays. So I probably had the option of buying the neighbours, and I went and bought a bus. Yeah. What was it, that first bus? The first bus and, and of what was to become Carapero Charters and Tours. Yeah, that's right. What and was it? A Bedford? We Pardon? A Bedford bus? No, it was actually a Wade. So it was built in Hamilton. Uh, my uncle had actually owned it. He'd owned it. So he probably started it. He really went. He, he bought a coach um, and was doing South Island tours. And then he was retiring. And he drove past one day and I got the urge and thought, oh, and then I ended up owning it, and uh, away we went. Yeah. Well, like me, going to school in the Cambridge area, you, you, members of your family would have been travelling with Kins Motors. Remember them? Yeah, yeah. Then they changed their name to Creswells. Yes. Yep. The old commas. Yep. Yep. I used to sit in the back seat of the bus going to Cambridge and probably flick the fellow's ears in front of me. <laughs> Never thought I'd owned. Then I did a lot of rugby trips yeah. in a bus. Never thought it would be me that'd be the driver, but yeah. The kind of passengers that you carry can be so different in a group. 
and it's the groups we have to care about because they make all the difference to the life of the driver on tour, taking you oh, away from your home. Can you remember exactly. some trips you'd rather you didn't and could have stayed at home? <laughs> Oh, yeah, there's the odd one, but most people are pretty pretty cool, to be honest. Um, you know, we do a lot of elderly trips, and no disrespect is intended, but you can do a, a kid's trip and, a, and an elderly person trip, and they're actually very similar. You know, their needs are quite similar. You need to help them on and off the coach, and you, if they're comfortable and cool, then they're, then they're pretty good to go. You know, they all like talking, and that's what it's all about, a bit of fun, you know. What's the most memorable trip on tour? Um, I did a South Island tour with a group from Hamilton, and we went. We went. I think we spent about uh, three weeks in the South Island. That was quite good. That was that's pretty good. But I enjoy rugby trips, so I drove the Tongan rugby team this year. Um, and being a, a rugby person, doesn't get much better than that. So, so you're on the farm by Lake Karapiro today. What's it like out of Karapiro? Quite warm today, sunny, warm, bit overcast, but sunny at the moment. Very muggy, so I'd expect to be a thunderstorm later. I'd say. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be out that area next week sometime myself. So, hopefully the rain does stop off. But <clears throat> with COVID nineteen, and uh, we've got eight new cases in Waikato today. What's what's the future of your bus company? Do you just keep going, getting some of the government subsidies, subsidies, etc.? Well, that's all gone now. Now that we're in the traffic light system, the subsidies are over. So um, we've got to hang until I, I believe February. Like we've got a lot of bookings for February when school goes back, and um, I'm actually going to try and do a few trips. See, normally over Christmas we don't do anything, but. I'm just wondering whether there's a few people sitting around over Christmas that might like to do some day trips. So we're going to advertise some day trips and just see if we if we get a response. I suppose that's the key to every enterprise at a time like this with COVID. It's to be able to adapt to meet the circumstances. Yeah. That's right, adapt. You know, like normally we used to just sit and people would come to us and away we'd go. We're... We just got, you know, normally I wouldn't do anything between Christmas and New Year. Um, but I just think there might be quite a few people sitting around that want to get out that might like to do some day trips. Mm -hmm. Since um, the first settlers of the Roigard tradition came to the Waikato, the country has changed. I mean, uh, the could, countryside too. Yeah, that's right. Well, actually, it turned out my granddad owned, a, I think they called it a service car, my papa. Um, way back before we bought the farm, so I guess you know, I guess there was a bit of transport in the blood or something. Must be. Well, they had to get here for a start. Yeah. The Roigards. Where yeah. did they come from originally? Uh, Denmark. Hmm. Originally, so I think they were um, actually during lockdown. We've there's some guy writing a book about the Roigard family. He's made contact from Denmark. Um, so I think they ended up down Masterton Way. Um, so where they sort of settled to start with, and then uh, our main family comes from Pukeatua, uh, out Tiamudu Way, and then yeah, and then they bought the family farm here, which is where, where, where we still are. Is there still life in the old Karapiro village at the moment? Yeah, yeah, well, it was probably bigger than it's ever. Well, my my 
grandfather on the other side and grandmother, they used to work. They lived in the village when the dam was built. Uh, my grandma used to cook, cook for the men's quarters or something, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, Mum used to live at the village and they're yep. here. That's obviously how they met. Um, but the village itself is quite, it's probably as big as it was since they built the dam, to be honest, now. Well, you know, there was a time when no one wanted to live there. Now it's close to the water. Everybody wants it, don't they? Well, here, here's a fact for you. My late parents, Wallace and Rennie Scott, used to be the mail contractors, and they used to come to the come to the shop to to bring out the mail from Cambridge. So uh, that's another fact too. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, well, my grandparents have two houses from the shop, apparently back in the day. Hmm. We've seen the drift into the cities and towns of New Zealand leaving sometimes the uh, country locations struggling to find enough to keep a school, go- school going. Is that a situation you've dealt with at Karapiro? Yes, well, you've got Whitehall School. Um, a few k's up the road, that's closed. Um, Karapiro School is still going, but I believe, and you know, when my boys are 23 and 21 now, they, when they went, there was 100-odd kids there, and now I believe it's down to about 35. Yeah, I, I, I also know Hora Hora pretty well as you do, and of course yeah. they had a native school out there, so that is that is long gone. Yeah, that's right. The Hora Hora school seems to be doing quite well. Actually, I took them to Wellington on school camp this year, so yes. they, they their numbers seem to be up. Hora Hora, where a few years ago it was light, but it's I guess Manga Territory School's gone, so that probably boosts Hora Hora. It's a sad um, process because once the school's yes, gone, the post office goes, and it all starts a right. chain effect. And, and, and like word, oh, keep going. Um, word on the street is when they extend the expressway here that it may go through the school, so I guess it could be the end of Karapura School if it does go through there. Well, let's hope no one contrived it as a way to, <laughs> to get past yeah. the angry locals. Has, has the wildlife park... Reopened out there in uh, out there in Hora Hora, Mangatau Tree. Yeah, I think it has. Well, David, it sounds as though you're ready to persevere in the the industry that surrounds bus tours and uh, yeah. eight buses. Yeah, it's been very hard, on, and I know a few of the other companies. You know that you we deal. You know, you get quite friendly with other guy, other companies, and it's a bit of a battle. But I mean, it'll come right. We're not the only businesses, you know. Any business has been struggling a bit. So, bring on those bookings for February. The schools. Yeah, return. that's right. Oh, exactly. Oh, we'll we'll let you go out and polish the buses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bit of that going on. There's a couple that haven't been polished. That is parked in the shed for yeah. for next year, I guess. But there's a bit going on. So, David Royguard, thanks for your company this afternoon. No worries. It's a, it's a pleasure. Bye bye. Yeah, I I I went to school with some of the Royguard family, so I know knows them pretty well. I know that area pretty well. As I said, my late parents used to deliver mail out to the village from Cambridge, and I went out. I, I used to go and have morning tea out there. Go travelling around with my parents. It is twenty five to two, two o'clock. Harmony Waikato. Just like the ones I used to know 
treetops glisten And children listen To hear bells in the snow You know, it's been on the UK charts every year since it, uh, its original release, uh, of course, in in the 40s. And it um, had chart history from, say, about 1977 onwards when Bing Crosby died. And, of course, um, I'm just going through the Bing Crosby music list. He's, he, he released so many songs. It was originally number seven US in 1943. That's a million years ago. And it was on the US UK charts ever since as you troll through troll through it, Mel. It's yeah, it is a good song. Irving Berlin wrote that one. It's traditional at this time of the year that schools would have their speech and prizes presented at the senior prize giving. It's been disrupted by COVID this time round, but nevertheless, some schools have still managed to have an assembly and their headmasters or principals address them. In her address to Hamilton Boys High School, senior prize-giving, headmaster Mrs Susan Hassel highlighted the reality of a continuing struggle against COVID. We've seen our world change. 
We've faced uncertainty and disappointment. We've recognized the very real tragedy of the sobering reality of over five million deaths in the world as a result of the impact of the pandemic, which we continue to face, she said. Our perspective on life has altered, and as our graduates of today leave school to begin adult life, their future will differ from the one we all expected at the start of the year. I speak often of the verities, the truths on which we must reflect as we travel through life, she said. Today, our re reflections must centre on the lessons we must learn from the year, which is so rapidly coming to an end. So, what are the truths we must take from the year we've shared, 2021? It's been a year in which it's never been more important to stand together, to be united as a family, as we've faced change, disappointment, and as we have experienced the joy of the times we have been able to share. It's thus symbolic that we finish the year, the school year, on the 11th of November, Armistice Day, the day when World War I ended at 11am on the 11th day of the 11th month in 1918. The word armistice, she said, comes from the Latin word solstice, to stop or stand still in the context of war, to put down one's arms and to pause. And on Armistice Day, we must also stop. We must pause for a moment as we finish the academic year with you, the senior school. We must, in this moment of stillness, reflect on what we must learn from the lesson of 2021, of the importance of standing together in the face of change and uncertainty. This is the truth we must take from this year. As we say goodbye, each of us is a part of our school community for a short time. In those years which pass so quickly, we must always recognize that each of us is never an island, that each is part of the mainland of our world. Our leavers begin the next stage of their journey in life. As they receive their leavers folder, they must, Janus-like, both look back and look forward. Janus being an ancient Italian god whose temple was closed in time of peace, guardian of doors and gates. Back to the experiences and the truths which for their time with us we've been taught. And forward to paths each will tread in the years ahead to the person they will become. We're all a part of something greater than ourselves. We gain strength from our togetherness and that we are privileged in our time together, said Mrs. Hassel, to make our world better for those with whom we share it. Of the need to have faith, faith in a future which will bring those qualities of love and hope and joy to our lives. In 2021, that faith has been shaken. Our sense of the future become less certain. The past two years have taught us that this critical sense of hope and of joy must be grounded in an understanding of the world as it is, not of how we imagine it can or should be. That's an extract uh, from the address at the Senior Prize Giver. She supplies us um, that message every year. How many, how many times has she supplied uh, that message, Mel? It's, it's going on back a while. I think Mrs Hassel looks upon it as taking the school out to the community so that we have some insight into the thinking 
that drives that incredibly important institution in our yeah. formation. I, I hope all the schools, the secondary schools, are getting geared up for all the exams, all they've been done. It's a brave new world that some of these young men and women are going out from girls high, boys high, and the other schools round Waikato. She mentioned in her speech the original Armistice Day, the day when the World War I ended, and that was in 1918. Well, all these years later, we still face crises. There was, for instance, the doctor's worst dream, an era with nothing in the kitty or medicine chest to fight an infection with. It swept the world in 1918, taking its cruel toll. Some called it the Spanish flu. Journalist Florence Kerr, anxious to record Māori memories of the terrible time, delves into what 85-year-old Komatua Te Papi Cunningham of Kafia recalls his elders saying. It features an article in her two pages, printed in today's Sunday Star Times. She quotes... The Komatua, Te Pape Cunningham, is saying, The bodies of the children are here. The elders never talked about it to us. They just told there were sand dunes that were tapu, and we couldn't play there. The trauma was too overwhelming that they couldn't talk about it. Yes, my... Yep. alludes to Kafia. And yes. the way in which the bodies had to be disposed of, of mainly Māori, in a big yep. burial, and without the usual dignity that would accompany individual mourning. Yeah, of course, my book on Waipath has featured all those men and women and children who died in the Waipa area, Cambridge Te Aumutu at the time. Okay, time for another Christmas song. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by a choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe Help to make the season bright Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow We'll find it hard to sleep tonight They know that Santa's on his way He's loaded lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh And every mother's child is gonna spy to see if reindeer really know how to fly And so I'm off 
whispering this simple phrase to kids from one to ninety-two. Although it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to you. Although it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to There's another Christmas classic, the late Nat King Cole, a Christmas song, chestnuts roasting on an open fire. It's a long while since Mel and I had chestnuts. Mm-hmm. Yes, the backpackers industry is struggling, frankly, in New Zealand, because we're not catching the kind of customer they would have expected, the travellers, the ones who wanted budget travel through New Zealand. So already in private enterprise... There are those that closed. But now we have an announcement by the national chair of the New Zealand Youth Hostels Association, Ian Lathiam. And he was um, presenting the perspective that is dogging them at present, recognising that the future for the Youth Hostels Association in New Zealand is uncertain. He says that regarding the continuing of operations beyond this year, it would only depend on how radically the following situation may change. He said, during the course of the year, I've been working intensively with advisors, trying to restructure because of the want for income from the travellers. And they decided that despite active marketing and pursuit of options that ended nowhere, they decided that it would be necessary to strike a blow to the voluntary non-profit organisation which has been in New Zealand for well over half a century and internationally it's more than a century since it was formed as a body of people who wanted with goodwill to travel, to meet others and share their views on life and to enjoy especially the outdoors. So the properties which are to be closed and with no reopening date in sight, are in Auckland, Rotorua, Wellington, Christchurch, Lake Tekapo, Aoraki, Mount Cook, Wanaka, Queenstown, Teano, and Franz Josef. Those are the locations which the backpackers used to throng in, but no more after December the 15th. At least no more under the present structure of the organisation. But those who have contracts 
can will remain open, Mel. There are those called associate hostels, yep. 20 of them sprinkled around the country, who have an affinity with YHA, but it's a commercial arrangement yep. and it means that they operate as they will and the uh, youth hostels no, own no part of their operation. And that, that would include the micro, micro hotel here in Hamilton? It is eight minutes to two. We'll be talking, chatting with Trevor next. and the Red Baron take pot shots at each other. We'll leave it there with the Royal Guardsman. Good afternoon, Trevor. Oh, good afternoon. I think it's everyone's pet haters' ads on television. Mm-hmm. I think the the ultimate limit, in, in, as far as that goes, is the one that put on by the government regarding global warming. It's cost six, taxpayers $600,000. It's on for about 10 or 15 seconds. And it shows you... Clips of photos of uh, oh, yeah. a wedding, uh, footballers gathered around a goalpost, and something else that's irrelevant to global warming, and that was it. And I thought, well, what's that got to do with global warming? Why not show a, a shot of melting ice, uh, bushfires, uh, uh, weather, storms, and hurricanes, and whatnot? Things that pertain to global warming and that wouldn't have surely cost that much money I mean it's so ridiculous I've only seen it on TV about three times and I think it lacked a, a huge amount of imagination and they're the same with ads they put on by the government about drink driving there's one ad there that showed you people surfing on surfboards and somebody wrestling Jason Gunn to the ground oh yeah you probably remember that one. I I rem- remember that one. Uh, another road ad courses the multiple people they get in there have to get in the police cars after they've been caught drink driving. They got the businessman to somebody else. You've you've seen that ad too. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I mean, it's ludicrous. Some of these ads they put on, and the cost factor. I mean, six hundred thousand dollars of taxpayers' money, particularly with what's going on in the country. Yeah, and um, lots of people also um, asking, who is the voice behind the COVID-19 ads? Everybody's been trying to work it out on other on other various uh, media platforms. Oh, I must have had it on mute when the ad came on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how's your week been anyway? Oh, it's gone past pretty quickly, actually, and uh, uh, pretty non-eventful week. 
Your Christmas decorations are up. Yes, did you notice that? I walked past here last night. I see you've got a new neighbour up on the floor above you. and um, Which level is that one? Up above you. Directly above? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they've been there for about a couple of months. Uh, yeah, I, I know the one the one Russell was in. Yep. <laughs> hey, uh, well, I, we've got to go because uh, did you hear our interview with John Hanlon? I did actually. I, I I got a few interruptions watching that because the lights that didn't that went out last night in the stairwell, and I was uh, trying to get hold of an electrician in the building. How's how's the flood going? You had a flood last week. Uh, oh yes, that, that 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 got sorted out. I think I have, there's not no water running down no. the side of the building anymore. Well, that's it for today. Thanks to our guests, including John Hanlon. And we'll leave you with a John Hanlon song. You heard it underneath the interview earlier in the day. He was our guest of the day, John Hanlon. He was forthright with his health issues, music. He brought back a lot of memories for many, many people. Do you out there remember John Hanlon? We'll catch you next week. It's four to two. Spot you later.
Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.